0: Welcome to the Terry and Jesse show here on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. We've got a great show. Jess will be with us in a moment. And uh, we're going to be talking about what we call a source and summit of the Christian life, the Eucharist. Uh, Pope Francis has waged an unjust war on the Latin Mass. When I say unjust is that, you know, what was holy can't be not holy, uh, you know, later. And we're going to talk about that issue. And I'm not a, a Trinitine Mass goer, but... I do have a Latin Novus Ordo Mass I go to, and I go to an Anglican Ordinariate Mass. And uh, we really want reverence for the Mass, and I think that's what people are looking for. Also, we're going to talk about this um, mosque, the church, and a synagogue being built in the Middle East. What's that all about? Also, we'll get an update from the uh, church militant folks on the update on the news. And I just want to remind you, ambiguity brings dissent in the church so we really want to see a uh, clarity on the church because people need to know what the church actually teaches also just just good to know file i'm really happy to say this the catholic bishops conference is condemning you know transgenderism surgeries and drugs that are trying to change boys into girls and girls back to boys and this is an example of clarity that we lay people are looking for our leadership and our church say, no, no, this is not a world biblical view. We don't have a worldly view. Secular people do. We are Catholics. We are successors of the apostles, bishops, and we say this is not according to God's will. So God bless them. Now here's a secular group out in Wyoming. They're a a political group. They said, in Wyoming, we're going to pass a law that says that you're, we're going to ban gender-confused male students from competing in girl sports. What a great idea, you know? Why not? But why can't we do that? And, you know, common sense is not common, and that's what I see happening in today's world right now, that a lot of stuff that's happening, they're just not using common sense. All right, so now Jess should be here any minute, but let's get to uh, some soul food, as we say. And today's reading, we're, we're almost, you know, we're getting through Lent really quick here. So I want to remind everybody uh, that Lent is that time where we can really get closer to Christ by, you know, a prayer, sacrifice, almsgiving, all that good stuff. And so keep that in mind today. I had an interesting thing. A guy at the Walmart today uh, got lost. His car was uh, either stolen or he couldn't find it. So I said, okay, I'll, I'll spend the time with him to try and find his car. Just as another way of trying to reach him with the gospel and being kind to people. Because remember, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. All right, let's get to the gospel for today. It's John chapter 5, verse 17 to 30. Jesus answered the Jews, My father is at work until now, so I am at work. For this reason... They tried all the more to kill him because he is not only broken the Sabbath, but he's also called God his own father, making himself equal to God. Now, Jesus answered and said to them, Whenever you hear amen, amen, that means listen up. Brother Jess, I see you now. Okay. Yes, sir. I'm going to read this gospel, and I want some good commentary. But uh, Gospel of John, chapter 5. Whenever our Lord says, Amen, Amen, man, really listen up. He says, I say to you, the Son cannot do anything on his own. Here comes the Trinitarian's teachings right now. Yep, but right only there. what he sees the Father doing. For what he does, the Son will do also. Jess, you jump in whenever you're ready, but I'll finish this reading and you just jump in. Okay. For, for the Father loves the Son and shows him everything that he himself does and he will show him greater works than these so that you may be amazed for just as the father raises the dead and gives life so also does the son give life to whomever to whomever whoever he wishes very interesting so you see
1: both the, the first person of the trinity yep. and the second person of the trinity do identical things there you go. within the trinity both raise the dead, yep. both give people eternal life. It goes to show you the the uh, the interrelationship between the first and second person of the Trinity in today's reading. Go ahead, Terry.
0: All right, brother, good point. Nor does the Father judge anyone, but he has given all judgment to the Son, so that all may honor the Son just as they honor the Father.
1: Uh, let me make a comment there. Yes, of course. Here's something very interesting. Yes, People say, wow, so God the Father is not going to judge us? It's going to be the second person of the Trinity? Yeah, I'll tell you why. It it only makes sense because within the, within the triune God, it was only the second person of the Trinity, not the first or the third, that became incarnate, became a man, lived the perfect life, mm-hmm. and died for our sins on a cross. So because there was a second person of the Godhead that became a man and died for our sins, it's only fitting that he will now be our judge. The one that became our savior will now become our judge as well, Terry.
0: Amen, brother. So that all may honor the son just as they honor the father. Whoever does not honor the son does not honor the father who sent him.
1: Here comes. Stop there. Stop there. Hit it. Islam. There you go. Islam does not honor the son. Judaism does not honor the son. And so they have both Islam and Judaism have an incomplete or a deficient understanding of the godhead uh and so they do honor they do honor god the father they call him yahweh or allah but they do not honor the son terry and today's today's gospel is very clear that we must honor the son
0: amen and here it comes again jesse amen amen listen up i say to you whoever hears my word and believes in the one who sent me man has eternal life and will not come to condemnation.
1: Here's, uh, go ahead. Here, here's what here's what pains me right there. Yeah. This 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 is why we have to evangelize the Jews and the Muslims. Of course. We can't we can't say oh no no they're they're fine where they're at just leave them where they're at you know that's that's uh, just accompany them and buy them some uh, buy them some gelato. No, <laughs> they they have to know the sun. They have to know Jesus. It is very clear from New Testament theology. Yeah. theology, And we can't back off from this terror. We have a missionary mandate to evangelize the Jews and the Muslims.
0: And we're going to talk about that later in this show, uh, because this scripture is perfect for today's show. <laughs> uh, really? But, but he, here it comes. But has passed from death to life. Amen, amen, I say to you. The hour is coming and is now here when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God. You want to comment on that, Oh, Jerry, man. <laughs> That's
1: eschatology exactly. 101 right there. We're, one day, Terry, yeah. we're going to hear the booming voice of Jesus Christ <laughs> at the second coming when he comes back to earth in power and glory. And, uh, and he's going to come with legions of angels and white horses. He's going to be on a white horse with a crown. And we're going to hear the booming voice of the West archangel, West and, West. and guess East what, Terry? The dead West. are going to rise. Amen. I used to, I used to share this when I was a cop, and I would work with, when I would work with, uh, with unbelieving uh, cops that you know, in a two-man car on a night shift, and we'd bat, we'd cruise down a cemetery in East Los Angeles or hay, and I'd say, "See that cemetery? Yeah. Guess what's going to happen? Jesus is going to come back." He's going to speak and all the dead are going to rise. <laughs> I have all my cop friends that were not evangelizing catechized. Really? Yeah. You're yeah. kidding. Yeah. You, tell road. me more, Jesse. Tell right me more. So, go ahead, Jerry."
0: No, you know, Jesse, I knew you'd say that because I uh, that quote always fires me up. I'll read it one more time. Amen, amen, I say to you, the hour is coming and is now here when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. For just as the Father has life in himself, so also he gave to the son the possession of life in himself, and he gave him power to exercise what judgment, because he is the son of man.
1: See, this is where a lot of Catholic liberals and, and don't 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 mind my uh uh the ways is talking to me as we're driving down the ten freeway. Yeah. Don't mind Yeah. Um. It, this is where a lot of Catholic modernists, Terry. Yeah. They don't realize that. We have a mandate to get people to know Jesus Christ. The Jehovah's Witnesses, the Mormons, uh, Jews, they don't know him, and we have to to share the person of Christ because it's critical for their salvation, Terry.
0: Amen. Do not be amazed at this because the hour is coming in which all who are in tombs will hear his voice and will come out those who have done good deeds to the resurrection of life but those who have done wicked deeds to the resurrection of the condemnation.
1: This is exactly what it says in Ezekiel chapter 37, the mm-hmm. valley of dry bones, yep. that God will speak and raise all the valley uh, of, of dead people and they will rise from the dead as well. So this is this. John chapter 5 and Ezekiel 37 say the same thing about the general judgment at the end of time, God's power. And also, Terry, what's interesting is that some will some will rise to the resurrection of, of life and subject to condemnation. Yep. Uh, Jesus Christ says, those on the right, my sheep will be saved. Those on the left, the, the goats will be damned.
0: It's pretty simple. Last paragraph, I cannot do anything on my own. I judge as I hear, and my judgment is just because I do not seek my own will, but the will of the one who sent me. The gospel of the
1: Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus Christ. Here's what's key. The will, For us as Catholic Christians, yeah. what's our goal? Heaven. The will of God. The will of God. Yeah. That's how we get to heaven, doing the will of God. We got it. <clears throat> what's what's the Satanist and Luciferian philosophy? Do my own will. Yes. Yeah, That's simple. the difference. Satanism, secular humanism is do my will. Christianity is do God's will.
0: Pretty simple, Jesse. You know, it's not complicated, folks. No, no. And we come back, we're going to take the Fulton Sheen quote of the day and get into the issue of the Latin math. You're listening to the Terry and Jesse show. Jesse's on Interstate 10 coming to California for the Spiritual Warfare Conference and other talks here in Southern California. Stay with us, family. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse show. I've always enjoyed having jesse on the interstate 10 freeway i think he's probably put more miles on that freeway than most people in their lifetime yep and he's coming to california for a couple reasons just before i get to bishop sheen you're gonna be out in chino hills uh giving a talk is that tonight or tomorrow night
1: i'll be tonight on saint paul's and chino okay Uh, yeah Yeah, and then tomorrow night i'll be at saint teresa in alhambra good yeah so uh and then friday i'll be uh uh, getting ready for the, the weekend conference.
0: All right, yeah, you'll be with Father Chad and the rest of the guys, Bishop Strickland. Absolutely. All right, well, got it. let's bring the smartest guy into the room right now, Archbishop Fulton Sheen. All right, I, I, that's, that uh, horn is not... There it goes. There it goes. Full Sheen ahead. And this is uh, a, a very simple one. He says, Our enjoyment of life is vastly increased if we follow the spiritual injunction to bring some mortification of self-denial into our lives. Jesse, I want to bring that and talk about on the natural level and on the supernatural level. When you were a boxer, I'm putting you on the spot, you had to train every day to be in top shape, or guess what? You're going to lose. Yeah. Didn't you get some endorphins kicking in of gratification when you get a good workout? Because I sure did when I worked out. Did Did that help with your preparation for your boxing?
1: Absolutely. Uh, of course, you get endorphins physically working out. God, God has built that into the body, Yeah. But, but you also get that people don't realize that brain surgeons also say you get that also with 15 minutes exactly. of sustained prayer as well.
0: And that's where I was going, go ahead. Talk a little that's bit right. about the spiritual life and how self-denial is really the way to go.
1: Yeah, Terry, uh, people don't realize that there's so many, so many stories in history of people that do penance yeah. and God distributes the graces that they've merited for other people right. I'm thinking about St. Teresa the little flower who prayed and did sacrifices for a guy on death row and God she merited the grace of conversion for him and God distributed the graces to him and he repented as he took him out of his jail cell right before they're going to execute him Kisses the crucifix, makes Confession. Yep. And they, they said this was a very hardened criminal on death row, very hardened. I also think about the Carmelites at the during the French Revolution. Oh, yeah. A, a dozen or more Carmelites were taken out and they were hung in public. Yep. They were singing to God as they were brought out of their jail cells, as they were being either hung or guillotined, one or the other. They were singing to God and offering their, their, their sufferings to God. When they were killed, I think it was 16 Carmelites. I yeah. think a week after that, the French Revolution stopped.
0: That's it. And, you know, that just brings back what I always say about Our Lady of Fatima. Souls are going to hell because no one is there to make sacrifices and praying for people. See, this is the economy of of salvation. So,
1: that's it. Yeah, bingo. Yeah. I love that word. Yeah, it, really, it really is. Economy, economy of salvation.
0: Yeah. Yep. yeah. Yep. Okay, Jess, well, let's talk about now, let's shift gears. You picked an article about Pope Francis waging an unjust War on the Latin Mass, and I, you know, you can set that up, but let me just say this: for those, I'm not a guy that goes to the Trinity Mass, but you know what? I see the masses. I we have, I mean, I see young people, young families going. I see these people knowing their faith, loving their faith. And Jesse, well, let me just set the stage: in Germany, only three percent of Catholics even show up for Mass. France is about the same way. Here we are I have a situation where very few people. Are going to mass, and then you want to restrict those who are going to mass. Yeah, you see, you see the 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 irony of all this. What it really doesn't make much sense because why would you stop people from you know going to mass and and praying and get, having that relationship with Christ in in a, in a beautiful reverent mass? And then let me just say this, and then I'm going to turn it to you. We see other places in the country where liturgical abuses are just. I mean people are blessing people with guitars um they're they're doing all kinds of liturgical craziness and those people are being told nothing they're not being stopped so you see this is what frustrates someone from me in my position I say wait a minute let's 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 encourage people to get to mass and have that relationship with Christ let's don't stop them all right now why is this unjust war going on Jesse
1: what why, what's the point of it yeah let me go yeah, Terry, a pope is supposed to confirm us in our faith. Yes, I've always... Not destroy, not destroy our faith. Yes. The faith that was once and for all given to us by the saints. Of course. And uh, it's uh, it says here, contrary to the opinion of many, however, uh, this virtual abolition of the mass of the ages, the Latin mass, is not intended to lead Pope Paul VI Novus Ordo Mass as the only valid right in the Latin church. There's every indication that Pope Francis prefers an inculturated yeah. and tribalist liturgy mm-hmm. consistent with the idolatrous worshipping of Pachamama, Mother Earth, held in the Vatican Gardens and inside the St. Peter's Basilica on October 2019. Right. That's not pure speculation. As already has been said, during his recent trip to the Democratic Republic of Congo, Pope Francis celebrated Mass according to the Zereus, of the ordinary form of the Roman Rite, the so-called use of the ordinary form is an enculturated mass formally approved in 1988 for the diocese of what was then known as the Republic of Israel. By celebrating, get this, yeah. By celebrating this enculturated rite, Pope Francis signaled once more where he's heading. As he wrote in a preface to a book on the Zarian Rite, the Zarian Rite suggests a promising way also for the possible elaboration of an Amazonian Rite. The Pope said he hopes this liturgical enculturation work can help to move in this direction. An Amazonian Rite is not only being one being prepared. The Diocese of San Cristobal in the south of Mexico will send Pope Francis a proposal. May 5th. To Me include yep. a Catholic Mass and right. Indigenous Mayan rights.
0: That's right. That's May 5th of this year, Jesse. That is going to be signed if, by the Pope, and it's tragic because it's it's really all about what I would consider syncretism. That you know you're bringing all kinds of secular uh, uh, worship into the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. So I I'm really concerned about that. But continue,
1: please. It, it, yeah. So Mexico's about to get a Mayan right. Yeah, the Mayan. It's going to have dances with, with women doing the, the music, the, yeah. and the participation of women. So yeah, what gonna, the
0: women are going to be doing is using the holy water to bless everybody. I I saw that. I mean, I'm like, really? Go ahead.
1: <laughs> so my question is, are we now incorporating pagan rituals into the holy sacrament? That's a legitimate question,
0: Jesse. I'm
1: just asking. It's a good question. In the night. 19- 18th and 20th centuries, when European missionaries were laboring to convert African people to yeah. the Catholic faith, yeah. the mass they celebrated was the Latin Mass. Exactly. In the second half of the 20th century, however, missionaries started to, to the culturation ideology called yeah. modernism. Right. This ideology seeks to adapt the liturgy of the of the holy sacrifice of the mass to African or indigenous pagan rituals or alternatively to incorporate into the mass elements of today's secularist pop culture. As early as 1958 in the Congo, then a Belgian colony, Father Guido Hazen, a Belgian Franciscan, created the famous Luba Mass with drums and tribal singing. Wow, that's, I guess, where you got the Life teen mass. A recording of this mass was disseminated and and heard worldwide inspiring similar celebrations. Terry, here's my comment. These inculturated liturgies look more like pagan rites than the holy sacrifice well, of mass.
0: Well, Jesse, my comment on this is that let's look at the proof of the pudding. What has done? What brings people to Christ? Universal worship, okay? Well, Jesse, if you're in Africa, if you're in Rome, if you're in Japan, when we had the Latin mass, you worshiped the same mass wherever you were. There was that unity. You didn't feel like, uh, well, I'm not at home. So like, let's give an example. You're, uh, you've got immigrants coming from South America, and they migrate to America, and they have a mass in Latin. Guess what? It's the same mass they had in Mexico City. See, there's beauty in that, and there's consistency. And here's the fact of the matter is, Jess, evangelization was much more effective when we had that, because think about the last 50 years and what has happened. I think on the issue of evangelization, what's happened is, that we've lost a, a a very universal worship of mass, and that's affected people coming into the church because they don't have the comfort level of being going to a mass and saying, this is the same mass I grew up with, and this is the same mass that was in my town. There's there's beauty in it, because what it does, Jesse, is it shows consistency. Think about Islam, Jesse. Guess what? They have a universal language. And that's exactly
1: it's, what I was about oh. to say. You took the words out of my mouth. <laughs> I mean to. Terry, yeah. It, Islam is, is the fastest growing religion. Yeah. Christianity, both Catholics and Protestants are Yeah, I think we Once lost, we yeah. went into the Tower of Babel, yes. everybody speaks their own languages. Yes. Once we went to the Tower of Babel yeah. and said everybody speaks their own languages, there's no unifying language anymore. Right, Islam has a unifying liturgy. Islam, Arabic, they don't care if you're a black or Mexican or you're from Europe. You become a Muslim. Guess what? You're going to do your prayers in Arabic. You're going to worship Allah in Arabic. They're not saying, Oh, oh, you're from Britain. Okay, you you can come to the synagogue and pray in Britain. No, no. you're going to learn Arabic. And guess what? We used to we used to be unified with Latin pre-1965 yeah. and the church was growing and bursting at the seams building churches all over the world exactly. now we're shrinking and now uh and, and, and now the church is losing many people because again it's a tower of babel terry
0: jesse when we lower the bar on our catholic faith whether it's in the liturgy or morality people run look at the anglican church they won't even be here in 30 years 20 years from now they Because they basically have compromised on so much of their tradition and their teachings that it's whatever popular vote will do. And this is what concerns me. And as a layman, I'm just implementing what Fulton Sheen said, Yes, As a layman, who's going to save the church? Us lay guys. Because what we're going to do is we're going to call out our priests, our nuns, our bishops, even the Pope, to confirm us in our faith and be what you're supposed to do as a good bishop, priest, and pope. Now, this is just how I see it. Am I on to something, Jess?
1: Yeah, Terry. Uh, seems the like the proof is in the pudding. Yeah. Yeah, the proof is... Just take a look at... Uh, no. uh, churches Churches are closing in May. By the dozens yep. in the United States. New York, Philadelphia. Yep. Uh, you know, a lot of the East Coast, Midwest, St. Louis. Well, because we've tried the Taoist which is everybody speak your own language at Mass. That
0: I'm going to jump in, Jess, because you're breaking up, but I think the point of it is a Eucharistic revival will come when we have a universal language back in the liturgy. Yeah, people are going to say, Terry, you're crazy. Jesse, what have you been talking to Terry about? No, this is basically uh, going to bring unity to the church because right now, uh, what we call dissent, I, sh- I should say, when we have ambiguity in the church, it breeds dissent. So we all need to come back to a universal worship and using the same language. Jesse, when we come back, I have a few more things we want to talk about on this issue about the Latin Mass. And then we'll move right into the issue about the church, mosques, synagogues being built in the Middle East. You're listening to the Terry and Jesse show. Jesse is uh, breaking up a little because he's on his way into California on Interstate 10. Uh, with his wonderful wife, Anita, to do some power preaching here in California. We sure welcome him. Stay with us, family. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. Jesse's on Interstate 10 coming into California to do some power preaching. Jesse, I just want to make a point. You, I think in my lifetime, I've been at many large parishes where they have a Spanish Mass, they have a Vietnamese mass, then they have the Korean mass, then they have the English mass. And I'm thinking, they isolate everybody. Where's the community there, folks? Where do we get to know each Arisen. other? There isn't. Yeah. There isn't. I mean, haven't you experienced but, that when you go out and power preach, that they have different, you know, everybody's doing their own thing. What happened to universal worship? That Well, when
1: you took away the Latin uh, you you got now Korean parishes, yeah. Hispanic parishes. Yeah, but I'm saying at the same uh,
0: parish, Jesse. Yeah. No, at the same yeah. parish. Yeah, you're right. They have three same or parish, four right. different, different say, languages being said at the mass, and it isolates everybody. They'd be like, well, oh, we have this. Where well, I go to the Vietnamese mass. Oh, I go to the Korean. I go. Exactly. We never meet each other. I we go never, to the Philippine or, mass. Yeah. Exactly. I just think that. No, it, go ahead.
1: It's divided us. It's exactly my point, Greek, Jesse. Greek, Bringing the mass in the language of the people yeah. has divided us. Islam would never do something this stupid. Yeah, Islam would never start, you know, allowing people and, to use their own language in each country. And Jesse, can Islam I? Islam is going to say, "You become a Muslim, you're going to worship Allah in Arabic." And I'll
0: just have to say, when you read the Vatican II documents, you never see uh, the idea that the mass is going to be only in English or the vernacular they call that. Yes, it can be, but it's an exception. And the thing about it is, when we read these documents, Correct. and then we see what has gone on, we see that they were hoodwinked by churchmen who had an agenda that was. And I now, I'm Jesse. This is my opinion. We have had. I use the word snakes in the church. I'll say we've had dissenters in the church waiting for opportunities to undermine the faith, and these same people were had big positions in the Vatican, and we know that a lot of Masons we in the Vatican. And they undermined, especially Bungini, they undermined our worship of the Mass. And look what's happened to the uh, participation of people even going to Mass worldwide. It's way down. And I would say that it's way down because they took away the Latin Mass. Now, you could say, oh, Terry, you're oversimplifying it. No, there's other reasons. But I think that's one big reason.
1: Absolutely. Terry, I want to go through another problem in the church. This this lack of evangelization oh, yeah. is is a result of syncretism. Oh yeah. All religions are the same. That's what syncretism is. Everybody, yeah. every, everybody's your brother. Yeah. Uh, you know, we don't have the truth. Everybody yeah. has. Everybody has the. You know. Sure. Everybody's truth is is is, is uh, my truth. Your is, truth. Uh, yeah. We've got we've got moral relativism right now in the church, Terry. Look at this article. Go ahead. Mosque synagogue and oh, yeah. church being built this is
0: incredible <laughs> go ahead
1: yeah tensions are still high in the Middle East but there is hope <clears throat> plans have just been unveiled for a new <laughs> massive interfaith complex in Abu Dhabi, yeah. Abu, Dhabi, Abu Dhabi encompassing a mosque a church and a synagogue the facility to be known as the Abrahamic family house will be located on Sadiat Island in the United Arab Emirates capital city yeah. right next to the to the Louvay Abu Dhabi Abraham of the Old Testament is considered a holy prophet in all three religions now looking at a picture Terry of these three buildings They are ugly banal, modern architecture big time. You can see a picture of you if you go on on the website and take a look at it Uh, the initiative follows Pope Francis historic trip to the AUE in February the first time a Pope has visited the Arabian Peninsula Peninsula and while there he met uh, the uh, Ahmed El Tayyib, yep. the, grand, the Grand Imam of Al-Azhar, yep. to discuss interfaith harmony in the Arab world and across the globe. And both of them released a document called A Document on Human Fraternity for World Peace and Living Together, which urged political leaders and influencers to work strenuously to spread the culture of tolerance and of living together in peace. Terry, the Muslims don't this guy doesn't speak for all the Muslims, first of all, this this Imam. Right. And and Islamic countries, they continue to persecute and kill Christians. Of course. At a higher number than, than a higher. In fact, I'm looking at here. Um, uh, it's called uh, Judicial Watch. Yeah. 340 million Christians persecuted. Islam is the prime culprit. The annual word watch list was presented last week. There were 340 million Christians persecuted because of their faith. 309 million of them very severely the number of Christians killed increased by 60% an average of 13 per day And the vast majority happens in Muslim countries. That's just a fact uh, Yes, yeah, Terry, so they, 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 they this document or these this interfaith buildings means nothing to Islam the the Quran still has a 164 violent verses in the Quran and yeah. Telling the telling the, the Muslims to kill the infidel, Terry. And
0: Jess, I want to just bring up the word ecumenism and give it a little bit of a definition because sometimes we think of ecumenism as just saying, "Oh, let's just all get along," and you know, you have your you know your position. I'm not going to condemn you at all. Don't condemn me, and let's just be buds and and not worry about um, what your uh, Bible says or what your church teaches. Let's just let's just be friends, and see. What I understand true ecumenism is, is, yes, I will listen to someone from another position of their meaning and purpose of life. But I'm going to share the fullness of the faith that we have and only we have that. No other other religion, they have parts of truth. Okay, yeah, they do. Parts of it. But we have the fullness. So true ecumenism is bringing them into the fullness of the Catholic faith. So I think what this is is a good example of false ecumenism.
1: Absolutely, Terry. And as I'm looking at these three ugly buildings called, uh, you know, these ugly banal (laughs) structures, they're called the Abrahamic Family House in Abu Abu Dhabi. And uh, here's what it says. There has never been a building that has the three faiths in one form, uh, according to the national uh, press. The design is very contemporary, but it is rooted in the histories of all three faiths. The mosque will be oriented towards Mecca, while the synagogue will face Jerusalem, and the church's altar will point east towards the sun. Each will have its own individual street entrance, but the ground will slope up into the podium in the center, allowing visitors in the garden to see into all three. And I think uh, it says, I think as Americans, we need to use this event as an opportunity to hold up a mirror to ourselves. What are we doing about religious tolerance? Rabbi Yehuda Sarna, the recently appointed first chief rabbi of the United Arab Emirates, told Religion News Service at the New York unveiling. Uh, the last thing I want to mention is I look at this ugly picture. What's going on here, Terry? Go ahead. I'll tell you. Here's here's my take as as a layman. Yeah. And as somebody putting in my my law enforcement thinking cap. Yeah. yeah. What's going on here? Is we're seeing this is this is another Muslim. Jihad PR campaign Yeah, Muslims are experts at this oh, yeah. they'll have they'll have this it's called jihad through PR campaigns
0: yeah, explain what that is because this is important a part of it
1: yeah yeah the Muslims will do something that apparently looks good mm-hmm. uh, and then because they're trying to advance the cause of Islam because remember in Islam they have a doctrine called Takiyah yep Muslims are allowed to lie to non-Muslims. Yep. That's in the Quran. Lying in Arabic is known as taqiyya. Yep. And this is permitted to Muslims so long as it advances the cause of Islam. So a Muslim can say without batting an eye that their religion is a religion of peace because they believe, because they believe when you kill your enemy, now you have peace. That's what they mean by religion of peace. Yeah, when I kill you, that's when I'm gonna have peace. So essentially, they believe in peace through jihad. Yeah. Once you kill an infidel like you and I, yep. then you'll have peace by conquering the entire world for Allah. Then you'll have total peace. So this is another ter- another PR campaign. And Islam is they're experts at doing this. For example, here in the West, every time there's an Islamic act of terrorism somewhere around the world, what happens? You have an Islamic apologist from CARE you know, yeah, I remember the, the they counsel. attacked us at one time. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. yeah, and so this organization CARE, yep. they, they're, they're, they, these guys, they're the apologists for Islam. They run to the media, Terry, yep. and, and they, be, they begin, you know, saying, Oh, oh, you know, you guys are persecuting us. You guys are persecuting us. You guys are mean. And they start calling us Islamophobes. They begin denying these bombings, these terrorist attacks. They deflect the information. They obfuscate the facts that the violence that was committed in the name of Islam uh, and with the authority of a verse from the Quran. So these Islamic spokesmen from CARE, they're always promoting that through a religion of peace when they give public interviews. <laughs> and if you say anything against them, they'll just call you an Islam... You're a hater. You're an Islamophobe.
0: Well, Jesse, I'll give you... That's,
1: a- that's what they're doing here, Terry. That's of what they're course.
0: Doing here. And they did it to... It's a PR campaign. Jesse, they did it to us years ago when you and Tim Staples were on the air talking about Islam. And they went and told these Catholic stations, hey, you can't be broadcasting that. These guys are nuts. And I remember getting reprimanded by him. I said, are you kidding me? Uh, see, this is, this is just falling into uh, the enemy's hands. And we have to be able to just say, no, knock it off. We have the fullness of the truth, and we're not going to compromise. This is, again, an opportunity not to lower the bar, but to raise the bar of Jesus Christ and say to a Muslim, which Father Zachariah Boutros does all the time, Come to know Jesus Christ. He's the way, the truth, and the life. We have to have the guts to say that to Islam and to Jews, to anyone who will listen. And I think that we've lost that in the last 50 years. That's my take, Jess.
1: We've lost our, apost- uh, our apostolic. Yeah, deal, we have. Terry. Because- and, and, yeah, Terry, and also, Islam no. has an unpardonable sin. What's the unpardonable sin in Islam? It's called shirk. S H I R K shirk mean the unpardonable sin is what they call polytheism Mm -hmm. or worshiping somebody else along with Allah or ascribing a partner to Allah such as saying that Allah has a son so Christians we have violated the unforgivable sin in Islam which is the sin of shirk which saying that that Allah has a son that's to commit the sin of shirk this and it's the worst sin in islam by the way this is why they kill christians to the tune of thousands every year because they say that we're guilt guilty of the sin of shirk
0: the facts are inconvenient jesse but they're true hey when we come back hunter bradford from church militants going to join us talk about the update on the news in the catholic world stay with us family you're listening to the terry and jesse show On Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888 526 2151. Now, Here's Terry and Jesse. Welcome back. It's right. Jesse had to run. We couldn't get his uh, connection back on on his car. But we have Hunter Bradford here. I think I'm getting an echo, Mr. Engineer, if we can clean that up. Hunter Bradford from Church Militant. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show, brother.
2: Terry and Jesse Show, brother. Terry Barber, how are you? It's good
0: to be here. You know what I always say? I'm too blessed to be stressed, I'm too anointed to be disciplined. (laughs) And if hope was money, I'd be a billionaire, brother. But I'm glad to have you aboard. Uh, We want to talk about church militants news. And I'll tell you one of the reasons I I always say this. Church militant always goes by this principle. Never worry about who will be offended if you speak the truth. Worry about who will be misled, deceived, and destroyed if you don't speak the truth. And that's what you guys do every night on the news. And I'd like to at least tease our listeners on what you're going to be talking about this evening, my friend. So, what's up on the news? What's up on the news?
2: Well, um, I'm going to go ahead and go with some stories here. Uh, so, the first one we have is uh, the state of Delaware is uh, as we, we're seeing this push really across the country. Yeah. Uh, but the state yeah. of Delaware is trying to get rid of the seal of, con- of confession. But not only that, they have actually an, an ally on their side that we would think would be our our ally. So a Former Milwaukee vice chancellor, uh, Father James Connell, he's a retired priest uh, from the Archdiocese of Milwaukee. He wrote a piece uh, in the USA Today saying, actually, there is no valid freedom of religion argument that the church or any churchmen could put forth. Uh, and, quote, the government should intervene. So a priest is wanting to get rid of the seal of confession. Um and uh, we got, we, Church Militant, got that story from president of the Lepanto Institute, Michael Hitchbourne.
0: God love him. And I'll bet $20 that that Monsignor was good friends with Archbishop Weekland, who was a scandal in the Catholic Church. These, these guys are uh, people who we need to pray and for their conversions. All right. I'm still getting an echo, but, uh, but I will say this, Hunter. What else is up on the second show? Up on second, second show? the second Thank
2: you. So uh, we got the Oklahoma Supreme Court upheld the state's uh, protective abortion law. Some uh, abortion activists were uh, trying to down the protective uh, legislation. Uh, It protects babies from conception, although with exceptions for the life of the mother. And uh, the Supreme Court says, nope, uh, the state constitution does not include a right to kill your baby. So, uh, <laughs> Oklahoma, uh, as as well as most of the southern United States, is a uh, pro-life state. Wonderful.
0: And we've Wonderful. Seen, we're seeing so we've seen, we're seeing more, more of that around the country. And it just seems country. that the, seems the fight, is that fight, fight is on, and we still need to be pushing on, back. God, pushing bless back. God bless Oklahoma. Oklahoma. What's next after that, Hunter? After that, Hunter.
2: Uh, so. THE uh, STAYING IN THE SOUTHERN UNITED STATES, uh, GEORGIA LAWMAKERS PASSED A BILL TO BAN SEX CHANGES FOR MINORS. SO, YESTERDAY, THE GEORGIA SENATE PASSED uh, SB 140. IT PREVENTS DOCTORS FROM PRESCRIBING CROSS-SEX HORMONES AND PERFORMING MUTILATING uh, MUTILATION ON MINORS. Uh, NOW, THE HOUSE AMENDED THE BILL to allow citizens in the state to sue doctors for violating the law. It almost kind of reminds me of Texas's pro-life legislation, which allows private citizens right. to sue right. doctors. Um, but yeah, thankfully, the the bill is now going to go to Governor Brian Kemp's desk to sign, and he is very likely to sign it. So good stuff out of Georgia and the state of Oklahoma.
0: Hunter, we just talked a little bit about the bishops' conference. Conference. Good thing. I'm usually concerned concerned about what's what's happening, but they actually came out with some clarity saying saying that they're they're condemning the sex changes also. also. uh, I can expect expect the bishops' Bishop's conference to see that, but when I start seeing secular people doing it, I'm really happy to see that. See that. Hunter, can you also yes. tell us, a, a, little tell us a little bit about the resources, about on, resources Church on Church website Militant's website regarding uh, fighting, fighting for the Truth and your truth resistance for group, for but also resources, that people, resources that people can download if they're members, if members of, Church of Church Militant?
2: Well, uh, if you if you aren't aware, churchmilitant.com is our website. Again, that is churchmilitant.com. Um, before I get to resistance, I will say that for just $10 a month, you can get access to hundreds and hundreds mm-hmm. of hours put into research on uh, what is the church, what actually happened with Pope, something like, you know, Pope Pius Twelfth and the, the Jews and the Holocaust. You can get into uh, what's the deal with climate change? What does the science or science say about it? Uh, what happened with the Catholic Campaign for Human Development. How, how did uh, philosophy develop from Aquinas to uh, the modern um, you know heresies that we have today, all the way to something like if you'd like to learn Latin, we have uh, premium shows Great. teaching you how to learn Latin, teaching you Latin. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's that for just $10 a month. And then also of course, our resistance arm, our action arm of Church Militant. Uh, you can go to our website and then click on uh, Resistance, and then it has its own website. Um, but uh, we've got we've got a number of of you know articles and videos sure. and new shows coming out. We have a show called Red Top Report, hosted by Joseph Ender's. Yeah, um, yep. it's a sort of commentary show on what's going on in the world, but uh, through a much uh, I would say <laughs> a uh, more modern, younger way of, of doing something sure. uh, than sure. evening news. So there's a number it. of ways you so can tune in. So to- Church Militant for- is where
0: you want to go for that. Hunter, I want to thank you. Yeah, I've got I another gentleman not- in next to my studio here ready to come here on, here so I'm going to let you run. Thanks you for you all you do Church Militant, brother.
2: Thank you so much, Jay. You have a good rest of your day.
0: You do the same, my brother. God bless you. I have Matthew Arnold here in our Virgin Most Powerful studio. He's going to be coming up next uh, here on Virgin Most Powerful. Matt, welcome to the Terry and Jesse Show.
3: Hey, thank you, Terry. Uh, Hey, by the way, it was great being on the show last Monday and look forward to doing it uh, again in the future.
0: Yeah, we will be doing that, Matt. And I wanted to expose our listenership, especially on the radio uh, that might not have it on their app, uh, the show that you do. And I'd like you to just talk about what you're going to be speaking about right in a few minutes so that I think people can stay in tune by getting our free app to listen to your show. What are you? What's up okay, on your mind? Yeah.
3: Next on the Virgin Most Powerful Broadcasting <laughs> yeah. Schedule here you know, on, our, on our our smartphone app, <clears throat> um, you can hear my program, No Nonsense Catholic. Got a lot of interesting stuff to talk about today. We're going to talk about, um, what, does it matter what the interior of a Catholic church, the interior Catholic church design, does it <laughs> matter if it's a uh, Beautiful or Spartan, or, or, uh, and what is the, the meaning and symbolism of uh, church interior design. We're going to talk about the Annunciation, which is coming up. Uh, 25th. We, we just had the uh, uh, Gaud- or La Terre Sunday, right? right. So we had that, that rose-colored Sunday to remind us that the Easter joy is coming, and we've got a very joyous feast this week with the Annunciation. So we're going to talk about uh, that and look at the biblical, uh, you know, look at the gospel account. Also, uh, the title for this week's program, Descent by the Numbers. Everybody's heard the conclusions of the uh, Deutschland-Synodal-Weg, right? The the German synodal. Yes. Uh, and <clears throat> so, but, but I actually found uh, an old, well, not old, but from a few years ago, a survey that was done by Pew Research of Catholics, not cultural Catholics, but Catholics who are practicing, Catholics that go to church.
0: and no, a And the, yeah.
3: and the, uh, yeah, the amount of, of Catholics, the share of Catholics who actually dissent from church teaching, and even those Catholics who don't dissent but think that these changes in doctrine are, in fact, inevitable. So we're going to ask that question and answer it. <laughs> Fascinating.
0: And Matt, also, I want to remind everybody that you are a convert to the Catholic faith. I think 20-some years ago you came in. Mm-hmm. And you have a perspective that I think uh, many cradle Catholics appreciate because you see things from being a convert, and it really kind of reawakens, kind of like what Scott Hahn did to our Catholic Church, where it makes us have like amnesia. We've, we've forgotten a lot of our roots, and you've mm-hmm. brought things up where we're going, well, I never heard that.
3: Right. Well, that's the thing, too. I, if I have a unique perspective, Terry, yeah. I think it's that I was not... You know, that I was raised essentially unchurched. I mean, we were nominally Christian. We had a yeah. Christmas tree. Sure. You know, we had Easter eggs. Sure. But I was not, I didn't have any formal religious uh, training or upbringing. We didn't go to church. Mm-hmm. And so I think I have a, a perspective on Catholicism coming from a, from a secular view. Yeah. That is something that's probably shared by a lot of people yeah. these days.
0: I want to recommend, folks, stay tuned uh, to this Matt Arnold show by going to vmpr.org. Download the free app. That way you can get all of the shows, not just uh, no, no, Matthew show, tablet, but you've yeah. got Jesus nine one one, you got Bishop Strickland, you got Gary Mature, lots of good programming on our network, and it's all free. Matt, final thoughts mm-hmm. on on uh, Lent right now. If I asked you what would be the best thing we could share with our listenership for at this point of Lent, what would you recommend that they read? I know it's Imitation <coughs> of Christ, I I because that's your best, but continue.
3: You know, I'm I'm not going to recommend a book. I'm going to recommend what St. Francis said to his brothers, that yeah. they pray more than they read. There you go. And the recommendation I'm going to make is the, the, the great Franciscan devotion to the passion, which is the way of the cross. Oh, there you go. And, and one special thing to think about. Tell me. Uh, we're in the middle of Lent. I know a lot of people have probably stumbled in regard to their Lenten sacrifice, and it is just a very powerful to me I was making the stations the other day and remembering that Jesus himself fell three times on the way to Calvary.
0: Great point, Matt. I appreciate the insight there. Folks, again, uh, Matt Arnold's show is once a week, every Wednesday on VMPR. But, you know, there's—I don't know if there's hundreds, but a lot of back shows where you could— uh, look at the titles and say, "Hey, I'm interested in that." Right. Or that. All of
3: the programs are archived. Even even if you're listening to the Terry and Jesse show on radio, if you say, "Gosh, they were talking about something a couple of days ago," and I wish I could. Well, you can. Yeah. You can if you get the vmpr. dot uh, org uh, smartphone app. Yep. Yeah, then you can listen to the archive whenever you feel like it.
0: Yep. And Matt, I would say you, Jesse, all of our crew. I want to say it's kind of it's kind of rhymes, but we are too inspired. We really are to be tired. <laughs> we are too protected to be dejected. We're too renewed to be subdued. And that's why we do it here at Virgin Most Powerful. We want to help you get to heaven. Matt, Jesse's on the road coming out on Interstate 10. I can't ask him this question.
3: Matt Arnold, <laughs> what state should we be living in? That would be the state of grace, Terry. You want to live in the state of grace and you want to absolutely positively stay out of the state of mortal sin. You
0: got. And how do you do that? Get the confession right now. Don't wait. Don't wait till Saturday. Call your parish. I want to make an appointment to get the confession. You can thank us later. Or <laughs> I'd like to be thanked. I hope and pray that I see all of our listeners in heaven someday. That's That would be my wish. Uh, our Lady of Fatima said it well. when she said souls are going to hell because no one is there to pray and make sacrifices. We talked about that in the gospel today. Are we willing to step up? and offer our sacrifices for the salvation of souls and reunite it with the the redemption of Jesus Christ on the cross? I hope so. Matt said, get to the stations. I'm going to do that, Matt. Thanks for the advice. Up next, the Matt Arnold Show. No-nonsense Catholicism here on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. May God richly bless you and your family.